0: Welcome to Mentality Podcast, where we have real conversations with real people about healthy masculinities. I'm your host, Lao Jokan, and throughout this podcast, we'll hear from a wide range of guests about their views and experiences of manhood. We'll look at the bits we should celebrate, but also its messy parts, while having a bit of a laugh. Hi guys and welcome back to Mentality Podcast and thank you for all the positive feedback I received on the previous episode with Dr. Andy Parnham. It's great to have your feedback and please, please keep it coming. In this episode, we're going to have a chat with Dr. Dan Guinness. Dan was also one of our speakers at a previous webinar where also Andy spoke at around managing mental health and finances. In this episode, we're going to discuss with Dan about healthy masculinities Dan is managing director at Beyond Equality, a charity that looks at engaging with young boys and men in school and universities, creating positive narratives around masculinity. Hi, Dan. Would you say this is a fair description of what you do at Beyond Equality?
1: Hi, Lau. Uh, yeah, pretty fair. I think what's really, really important is that for us, we're working with men and boys. We see so much of what we do is about improving their lives, improving their ability to connect with other people, improving how they're, they're forming ties and relationships in their community. And we're doing that because we want them to be able to actually be part of more inclusive, more equal, uh, more equitable communities, organizations, families, society in the future. So there's always that dual aspect of like, we're working with men and boys, we want the best for them, but we also want them to do better by women, girls, marginalized genders within our community.
0: Wonderful. I love that. And at the webinar, you spoke uh, about the importance of healthy masculinity or masculinities. And I thought that in this episode, we could just focus on looking at this topic. There's a lot of conversation, you know, going around about toxic masculinity, which I like to call the kind of evil twin of healthy masculinity. I know it's a big topic, but before we kind of dive into this, um, I thought it would be good to maybe if you could start sharing what this masculinity means to you. It's about your identity
1: and it's about your set of behaviors, right? And I think those two things will come into what we think is healthy. So on that side of things, if you've got like an identity um, around being a man, which is leading you to do stuff that's hurting yourself and it's hurting other people, it's not healthy, pretty basic. Whereas on the other hand, if you've got reached a point where you're comfortable with your gender identity or you're exploring in ways which are, you know, which are feeling safe to you. And at the same time, that is actually allowing or enabling you to be forming really positive relationships uh, with yourself primarily and then with other people as a result of that, that's where we start looking at healthy masculinities and always there in the plural because it's not going to be one thing for everybody. Um, we're not, you know, with with terms like this, the aim is not to build a new box or create a new stereotype that people have to fit into. It's always, well, what are the questions that you could be asking yourself to get yourself to, to a place where you're happier and healthier? And that's what the aim of this whole thing is.
0: Absolutely. I I just love like there's so many things like great things you just shared. I like the idea of masculinities because people are different and they express their, their gender, even if it's the same, like masculine gender, but it's done in so many ways. It would not help anyone to put people into into a new a new box. And another point that I really like that people exploring their gender and then they do it in such a way that it's not harmful to themselves or others. So I guess that's when it can become toxic when somebody's expressing their gender in a way that either has a detriment to themselves or to their Friends, family. I think many, many, many of
1: us, including myself, are not fully aware about the stuff that we do that's that's harmful to ourselves, right? You know, that's, that's always a matter of like looking back, what have you been doing? What could you have done better? How's it worked out for you? All, all of these questions. I think there's a few key areas that, that we as an organization like to talk about. And um, one of those is around uh, emotional literacy and mental well being. And here, the, the sorts of things that can be really harmful for people is when they feel like they have to fit into this very strong, I can cope with everything, I've got no problems, I've never failed at anything in my life type of a, an idea. This is so prevalent with men and this is, this is still really prevalent even though now we're having this conversation about men's health and um, men's mental well-being and campaigns like are you okay or you know organizations like movember pushing things forward beneath that and a lot of people are working on is that there can be these really difficult to break down ideas about how we should be And i know for me personally the thing the thing i really struggle with is being comfortable with my own failure and that's that's something that men generally are not told that it's okay to, to be. Like there's this often this competitiveness or this need to succeed at everything. You know, in school, it's better for, for boys to be mucking up at the back of classrooms, making jokes, to be, you know, distracted, to be ignoring things, as opposed to actually trying hard and failing. You know, there's, there's always or well, very often a fear of being ridiculed for being the person who, who failed. And then elsewhere in life, this can come through. I mean, most obviously, it's people might be unwilling to talk to their boss at work and say, Listen, I actually can't meet this deadline. I'm not going to get there. I need help from someone else to get there. Or it might be in their personal life. You know, they might say, I can't actually yet do this emotional work that you're asking me to do or that I need to do for this relationship. Can you help me with that? I need you in my life here. I, I've kind of failed on this thing. This for me is just such a key thing for men to get past. And it's the core of getting past it is to realize that you don't need to prove yourself all the time to everybody. You Know that you're okay the way you are. You know, you're a wonderful person. You don't need to pretend to be something else to fit into a box. And so that then both in the small thing about what is this failure and about the big thing about not fitting to a box ties into these ideas of masculinity and a healthy masculinity um, or someone who, who i'd say that they uh have a healthy understanding a relationship with masculinity they're going to be comfortable in failing they're not going to need to force themselves to perform and pretend that they have to live up to every single expectation they're going to be able to go well i'm not going to meet your expectations sometimes because they're not me and i'm myself and i feel confident in that so actually i mean Lau, I know before this we said no big long monologues and I've completely ruined it there. You see that there's like this, this loop that comes back and really this idea about, you know, what is it going to look like if, you're, if you've got a healthy masculinity? It's going to be that you don't feel like you have to live up to other people's expectations of you and it's actually going to be a more genuine source of bravery and courage. Like I'm brave enough to just be myself, to explore what that is, to put that out into the world. And to be vulnerable enough to let people see me, because a lot of the time, these words like strength or resilience or things like this, it's actually like it's a superficial thing. It's a mask we put on, or in our organisation, we talk about it as being the armour that men put on so they can handle this world that that's thrown at them. But in doing so, you know, just put this barrier between them and other people, uh, and end up dependent upon that armour and unable to actually open up and. You know, and really be as happy as they possibly can, and have the healthiest relationships they possibly can.
0: I loved, I loved kind of the aspects you you brought about masculinity. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing some of your challenges from from your own uh, your own you know your own journey. And I I relate to that totally in the sense that I feel for me like you know failure. One thing that, as you say, we didn't we don't learn in school is like learning is a process. It takes you know a few failings to to get there. And what I've learned on my side is that failure, whatever synonym we want to use for that, is just the feedback mechanism that says, this time, this time only, is not working. doesn't mean that we'll always be like that. But I think sometimes, because going back to the previous point you made about emotional literacy, we kind of have this obsoletist terms of like, oh... Everything's wrong because at this moment things, you know, went not so so well. And especially us men, we maybe identify a bit too much with, with that aspect. And we try to perform and put masks on in order to come across as we are always on top.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is maybe me prying too much, but what, what goes through your head in those moments where you get that feedback? I mean, I know for me, I'm really saddened by how quickly, almost naturally, I, I flip to the defensive, you know? I don't, how is it for you when you get negative feedback?
0: I think for me, what I realized is that maybe the packaging is important in a sense mm. that, because the way I'm wired, I can deal much better with an honest and upfront conversation. I can cope a bit better. But if I just am given a just the, like a label, like this is not working or this is not a good uh, piece of work, like okay, why is not that? So that will help me. And I feel sometimes my response can be a bit more like, as you say, like the stock market, like can be up and down. <laughs> What I realized for me, it's important who's saying what they're saying. Right, it's another, right. it's another key factor. Right, I mean, I know that, <laughs> I know that I can take a lot of
1: critique from some people, and then particularly, weirdly, it's like, say, my brother, for example, is is able to. He's able to say the smallest thing, and it might trigger me. Oh yeah, that's just that's our sibling rivalry or something coming back.
0: Is he your younger or your or your elder brother? Younger
1: brother, younger brother. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See. Yeah. See. I see the importance now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Right. Right. Lots of work to do over this end of the conversation. But some of the work that I'm trying to do at the moment is become more aware of those reactions as I'm having them. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Like that's how you're feeling. Is that the, the set of feelings that you want to prioritize and act on? Or can you go to something a bit, a bit more deeper and either be moving forward and trying to, trying to find how you can do things better? Or maybe it's like, well, this situation is not quite working. Let's, let's just change the context. Let's change this relationship. Let's use that discomfort that we're feeling to, to find a way of improving. You know, It's identifying something that needs to change. I think in, in this work, um, working with men and boys, like often that's where we try to take people. It's like you want to turn issues and, and thoughts and topics that are super polarised, right, where, where people can walk into the room, they think they know what's going to happen and they think they're going to get attacked. And first of all, you've got to make them feel safe enough and let them know, like, no one, no one wants to attack you. When I open up a chance for you to maybe ask some difficult questions, you're probably going to feel uncomfortable. But we'll try to help you deal with that discomfort in a really positive way.
0: I'm really excited when I hear like the, the, about the work you guys are doing at Beyond the Quality because it's so fascinating. And if you, I'm just out of curiosity, if you can share just like on a high level, what are some of the responses you feel from, you know, from working with boys and men when you maybe have these discussions around masculinity? Like,
1: Yeah, well, I, I think it depends what topic you're you're talking about. And I'd say these days, if we come in and have a conversation around mental well-being, people are are pretty on board. Like there's been a lot of work that's happened in the past 10 years, and I've seen a big change and people are open to that conversation. They sort of know the line that you have to say. They know to say, well, yeah, it's really important to share your emotions. It's really important to ask people if they're okay. And, you know, as men, sometimes we don't do that. And, you know, this is the but, like, but me and my mates, we're fine. Like we don't, we don't really need that. I don't really have those problems. And still there's this, there seems to be, then the, the conversation that's a bit harder to have is, well, why is it that you think you're fine? And you don't need to develop any of these skills. Where's that idea coming from? Because it's wrong. Well, I hope it's not wrong, but you know, and that's. I think that same sort of comment could be said about the other conversations we have and and they're more difficult, they're more challenging. Um, and there might be ones around discrimination, you know, whether it's like homophobia or racism or really commonly around sex, um, consent, sexual violence. And in those conversations, people instantly kind of get triggered into some responses. And some people are really on board, like quite a few men are like, yeah, I've seen this I find it horrible. I want to be part of the solution. What can I do? Just point me and want me to go. And with them, them, we're like, okay, great, fantastic. You want to solve this. Let's make sure you understand what's actually happening. Let's make sure you don't think you're going to be the savior that's going to fix everything. Let's make sure that you do the longer term work and the more difficult work of understanding yourself and understanding how you might be perpetuating this. So that's one type of response. Another response will be people who are uh, feeling afraid. And I think it's a really natural response. It's like, well, I know where the way this conversation goes. Pretty soon I'm going to be called you know, that I'm a harasser, that I'm part of the problem, that it's me and Weinstein as the, I'm pretty much the same person. And, and that again, like it's a, it's a normal. It's a normal for those, you can't judge those emotions, those fears when they up, rise up, especially with how much worries and there is out in the media or, you know, the, the whole narrative around like hashtag not all men, these types of things are really, really pushing people down that route of fear. So say, well, all right, you normal reaction, but no, what we're doing here is we're actually just trying to ask the question about how can you make sure you're building really healthy relationships? How can you keep your whole community safe by playing your part in establishing social norms ways that we interact with each other just like ways that it's acceptable to behave towards each other that it's normal that it's we're socialized and taught to behave to each other how are you bringing those into the ways you're talking to your friends so that they also are changing and thinking and adapting you know and making sure in that way it can kind of ripple out and you could actually be in a small way the start of a really positive change in the community around you and so it's it's trying to empower people at that point. And then once you once you get them past that defensiveness, then you can do the same work that you did with the first group. And then you know there's there's people who are further down and even more defensive. And again, it's more work to, to get them to that that key starting point of, of basically saying, okay, great, you want to be part of the solution now. Let's talk about what that is. The other thing to bring in here is I think in all of this, if it stays in a binary of you are a potential perpetrator and other people are potential victims. It's harder for people to make that shift. Whereas if you say, hey, we are all all living in a society where we've not been given the tools or worse than that, where we've been taught to actually treat each other in ways that are really harmful and violent, let's change that. That's hurting you as well. If you get that point in, if you get them being like, right, I'm part of this solution, I can see the problem, maybe I'm part of the problem as well, but also the problem is affecting me. It's not a charity thing, it's something that has to change for everyone around me and that's that's key.
0: We you know, like suicide and mental health is the biggest problem for, for men. And then allowing to have a positive narrative about what it means to be a man and to own that and not to just repeat the script that generations down the line have built. And then we kind of just have to follow instead of rewriting that because we've seen that it's been unhealthy. that she helps them to to be more empowered and to just live in a way that they are, they feel much more natural response to the peer pressure that's uh, that's around them.
1: Which is so hard to avoid that peer pressure. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not sure whether you still recognise those moments or. Uh, in our lives where we're still impacted by that you know often people are like, oh peer pressure, that happens when you're 12 years old you know what are you talking about? but it, it keeps on cropping up again and again and again as we even as we get older.
0: Yeah, so true. if you're on this journey by yourself, let's say they people don't have the chance to unfortunately, maybe to come to your workshop. what would be one thing that they could do by themselves that you know one or two things that you would recommend to to work on 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 this uh, story of masculinities?
1: yeah absolutely uh i mean if you if you're interested in thinking about masculinities what what it is is thinking about the ways in which we're expecting men to behave that we're they're socializing them to behave so try to figure out what they are in your life like ask yourself that question like how am i being pushed into certain ideas what are the pressures here what's the ways that me and my friends behave you can start to think about this like how does this show up in relationships you know i mean maybe maybe i've been married for 20 years but how is that showing up in my relationship in terms of the sorts of things I'm doing around the house, but maybe also about my attitudes towards sex, maybe also, I don't know, my attitudes towards work-life balance, all these things. Ask yourself those questions, right? And you don't, you can ask yourself every day and come up with different answers, right? It's a big, once you've come up with something you want to look at, just ask like, okay, what are the consequences of this? How does this mean that I behave? What are the good things about how I behave? And based this? What are the bad things? How does that impact on me? How does that impact on others around us? And when you ask that others, I think the the challenge sh- should be, think about people who are more vulnerable or marginalized in society, right? So, uh, you know, how might this attitude or behavior be impacting upon uh, those people or those groups? And then have a think about the people who have most contact with you like how does how does this attitude that i have or pressure that i have impact upon my family on my partner on my friends on my lovers on you know my colleagues on the people in my you know my art class or uh whatever you're doing how is it impacting on them and i i do think i mean i think you can be guided by what areas of your life You think are most interesting or maybe at the moment you might be like well there's some really big conversations around mental well-being i want to look at that or you might say there's a really big conversation around street safety and the way that the men are implicated um, (laughs) at the core of this harm and this fear that that women girls women and girls and people of marginalized genders feel in our streets and in our society So, you know, you might start with those questions, you might go to other ones, but just have a think and see what the implications of those are for you and on others.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so true. I, I like the, the the last point you mentioned about because um, how can we be proactive in what we do? And I remember when the case with uh, just shortly after the case with uh, Sarah Evans came out, and I was you know, doing my daily walker in in the evenings after work. My intentions are you know positive. I'm not there to intimidate anyone, but I realized like if I don't change, if I don't maybe cross the other side of the street when a woman comes towards me, or if I'm you know walking behind her, although that. I know that my intentions are good, but she doesn't know that. She doesn't know me. Presence can make her uncomfortable. It's evening, it's dark. It doesn't have to start with why do I need to do that? Because well I'm I'm okay. I'm not a bad guy. But it doesn't have to start with how I feel or who I am. But I have to start with how is she feeling? And it doesn't have to start with me, like how do I feel like who I am and so on. And maybe to start with the other person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think here like a nice a nice quick, simple, easy rule. You, you want to be looking at impact, not intention, not what did you intend it to be. Like Be like, be honest with yourself. What is my impact on the world around me?
0: As we approach it to the end, I wanted to quickly ask a question that I'm asking all the guests, which is what are some of the stereotypes about men that you dislike the most?
1: Yeah, I think that men are incapable of emotion um, and I dislike it a lot because uh, it's something that's been said to me a lot of times in my life um you know i've been called a robot uh because of how much i struggled uh in expressing emotions in ways that people would recognize and i I think the damage of that is it it gave it gave a reason to me and gives a reason to other men to be like well i don't need to work on this part of my life i don't need to actually um do that work that's going to give me such a fuller and and a more wonderful experience of, you know, of the rest of my life. And I think that's really sad. It's so minimalizing and it has mental health consequences and it has consequences in terms of empathy, um, which then has consequences in terms of everyone else around us. So I find that like a really, really, really damaging uh, stereotype.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And yes, indeed, that the stereotypes that are put on men can have an impact on you know on their mental health on their emotional well-being and also on others but uh, our final question i know i said previously that there was the last question but i would like to ask you what would be your top 3 kind of traits characteristics for healthy masculinities
1: i want to start with vulnerability and i say it as something that i aspire to and i find difficult and but it's just so rewarding when you can be there because it's 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 having that courage to open yourself up and you know and be be seen by the world and uh, it's so rewarding when when it's possible to achieve and when you're in a place where you can actually do that. So I think that word vulnerability is, is a really really fantastic one. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'd say compassion. <laughs> there are so many people in the world who are able to really feel about what other people are doing, where they're coming from. Um, and I think that's such a positive uh, and wonderful trait to develop. And some people are fantastic at it. Other people are not as fantastic at it, but these things can be developed. And I think it's just really important because it enables whatever your contribution is, it enables you to do it better and enables you to do it in a way that's that's going to be more meaningful and more impactful on the people around you, um, so I think those two are really, really core cool ones. And then I do like something like a, a positiveness, you know, which is not to say needs to be happy all the time or needs to have a you know that type of an outlook. Needs to be able to push through life without feeling pain, but it's it's more to say that I, I think it can be really powerful for individuals and for people around them when people are able to to try to find what might be the, the next positive step for them. Um, the way that they can they can make their situation positive they, as they possibly can for themselves um, you know and obviously connect other people to help make that change and see that change and bring about that change uh, and I think that's really wonderful because it's quite a it's it's quite a forward-looking building constructive type of a a, a word
0: Thanks Dan those are really three top qualities uh, they're really inspirational and uh, they're a champion. And actually, when it comes to vulnerability, I have to admit that it's only something that I learned over the last couple of years to be vulnerable again, and it's so important in order to build relationships with a with partner, with friends, and so on. I think it's really, really key. And it goes without saying that compassion is, is something, it's a must, and it's great that you pointed out that it's a trait that can be developed. And um, yeah, the positive outlook, I think, is just absolutely um, spot on.
1: And you notice, you notice, maybe I dodged the question right a bit because none of those characteristics are characteristics of men. Exactly, um, the characteristics of people. And I, I just think that if people are developing their gender identities, whatever that is, if you, if you having to think about what your masculinity is going to be, and or how your identity relates to your gender relates to other aspects of you, they're pretty good words to be moving forward with, along with whatever whatever other things that you bring into that. Um, and that you know, that's, that's prevalent in your community.
0: Thanks so much Dan, it was great having you on the pod. It goes without saying that I'll leave the details of Beyond Equality in the caption of this episode so make sure you check them and thanks again Dan.
1: Absolute pleasure talking to you again.
0: Thank you for tuning in today and the next episode is going to be about education and young boys with Manny yellow. Until then, don't forget to hit subscribe, or follow us on Insta or Twitter at man-mentoring or check out the website www.manmentoring.org.uk Stay safe and see you next time.